0: Well, good morning. And uh, again, I guess, I guess I said that already, haven't I? But glad you're here this morning and uh, glad to be able to open God's word with you today uh, on Father's Day and um, middle of June. And wanted to let you know this week you can be praying uh, for me and for Dan and for Kirk and for our wives. We're going to be traveling. Together, to, uh, I mentioned that earlier, Pastor Kirk has already left a little early to go see some family while he's down there. And uh, we're going to the National Conference of the Evangelical Free Church, of which we're a part, in Austin, Texas. And that's uh, Tuesday through Thursday of this week. So be praying for us as we travel. And uh, we're looking forward just to learning and growing together and uh, hearing more about the, the tribe, really, that we're a part of. And you need to know... Um, what a great group the eFree Church is that you're a part of, faithful to God's word, um, uh, uh, high on biblical authority and on, on the gospel, and uh, an incredible commitment there. And we're really, really grateful to be a part of that. So if you're not familiar with the Free Church, I'd encourage you to get to know more about it. You can go, uh, there's a link even in your bulletin, efca.org. And if you want to see more of the conference this week and what's going on, I think EFCA 1, the letter, the The number one spelled out, Uh, I was about to say the letter one, but that doesn't make any sense. The number one spelled out, E-F-C-A-O-N-E dot com, and you can kind of pay attention to what we're learning and what we're up to this week. But I just want to say that, but with that, why don't you grab your Bible, because again, I don't have much to say other than what's written down. And we're working through the book of James, and we're in chapter 4 this week, starting in verse 11. So let me read the text. And then we're going to dive, dive into it together. And uh, yeah, I'm going to read it. We're going to pray. And then we're going to jump in. Let me read. Uh, James writes this. He says, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who judges against a brother or who speaks against a brother, excuse me, or judges his brother, speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's only one lawgiver and one judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Let me pray and then we'll unpack this text this morning. Father, thank you for Jesus. And thank you for your grace to us through him. Uh, Father, I pray this morning uh, that as I teach your word, uh, you might even, Holy Spirit, teach me as I teach. That, that my words would, would actually be your words and uh, that you would uh, guide our time together, that we would leave changed not because of anything I say, but but solely because of what you say in and through your word, Spirit. Um, might we be changed. I pray against the enemy. Um, Lord, this is a topic this morning of speaking against our brothers and sisters, speaking against our neighbor uh, of judgment, where we, where we take ourselves out of a humble place into a prideful place. Uh, that, that Satan encourages all the time in our hearts and has, has uh, disrupted uh, hundreds of churches, thousands over the years because of the very sin we're going to see this morning that, that we need to avoid. So uh, I, I pray against him, his servants, their works and effects. Instead, would you change us? Help us be receptive to your word and that we might leave changed. Lord, we love you. We thank you for Jesus and we pray all of this through him. Amen. Well, the, the message this morning, you notice the title? It's the first title ever with an emoji in it. What do you think about that? The Judging Christian. Hmm. You wonder, what's that mean? I mean, should I thought Christians weren't supposed to judge. But yet, I look at what Jesus says, and he, sometimes it seems like in order to live the way he wants us to live, we do need to judge some things. We have to make some judgments about uh, about items and about people and about doctrine and about the word and about our culture. And so how does this work? Well, we're going to try to unpack that this morning and examine that a little bit. Because when we come to a text like we see this morning, it's easy to, to say, um, well, see, you're, we're never supposed to judge anybody. And by the way, that's what the culture would love to tell us. You ever run into that? And sometimes we buy into it. We go, uh, I, I, don't, I can't correct that. Who are you to, to do what? To judge me. See, it's like this whole idea of tolerance now, and tolerance just means that in our culture, that rather than being okay with the fact that somebody sees things differently and somebody might be wrong and you still love them, tolerance today is no, everybody's right no matter what they think. But that's not possible, is it? And so you come to a passage like this, and the world would say, see? I can't believe you Christians, you bigots, you hypocrites. Uh, You're not supposed to judge anybody. See, it says it right here. James says it. Ha! You don't even know the Bible. Well, they don't really either if they're saying that. And uh, we're going to unpack that and look at it this morning. So let's look at the text. It's just a short passage, um, but there's a lot here today. So let's read together. James writes, he says, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. I told you, as we've been studying this text, every time James says brothers or my brothers or my beloved brothers, he, he means women as well, brothers and sisters. Um, he's starting a new unit of thought when it's a command plus brother. So here we are. There's a negative command. What's the negative command? Don't speak evil against one another. Then he says brothers. All right, new section. Pay attention. James has another thought to share with us. And he gives us this command that says do not speak evil against one another. If you have the NIV translation, your translation might say, do not slander one another. you know what slander is? Slander, here's the definition of slander in case you weren't sure. Slander means when I make a false charge against someone in order to damage their reputation. So you see that in politics all the time, right? Like if everybody was, was prosecuted for slander in politics, there, there'd be nobody left to serve. Right? Because all they do, they just... They just, go after, they just go after other people and, and just tear them down just for the sake of tearing them down. Oftentimes propagating false narratives uh, on both sides. But the term used here, translated, is actually much larger and broader than simply slander. Because you could read that. See, in this case, I think the NIV gets a, a little wrong. Um, it says, don't slander one another. And then I think, oh, but I don't slander anybody. Yeah, but guess what? The idea here is much broader than slander. The idea is literally the the word here in the Greek is katalaleo, and it means to speak against. Anytime you speak against your brother. And the ESV I think rightly adds evil in there because that's the idea. Anytime you speak evil against someone. You know, you don't need to slander someone and try to tear down their reputation to be speaking evil of them, do you? Sometimes it's gossip. Sometimes it's the truth. You can tell the truth about someone. Did you hear what they did? Did you know that? Can you believe it? I mean, I thought, man, that's just so messed up, isn't it? Can you believe that about them? You're speaking evil against someone. How is that building them up? How is that helping them? See, it's not necessarily slander. It's much broader than that that James is warning us against. Any time we speak against our brother or our sister, James is saying, don't do that. Do you do that? The answer is yes, we all do at times, right? I mean, I don't even have to ask the question. We've all done that and do that. But we ought to know better, and we need to repent of it and stop it. Uh, James says, don't speak evil against one another, brothers. Uh, because here's why. And then he tells us why. See, the one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. See, what, what James is telling us here, number one, when I speak against others, I speak against God's word. I speak against God's word. What do you mean? How do I speak against God's word when I speak against someone else? What if, yeah, but you don't understand what I'm I'm saying about them is true. They really did this. They really believe this. Yeah, but you're speaking against them and you're speaking against God's word, which calls us to bear with one another and to love one another and that our love for that person covers them in grace and covers a multitude of sins. And yeah, we still address sin. We still address error. But if you do it in the wrong way, boy, this is a pattern of James, isn't it? There must have been some type of error in the church that he's writing to where over and over and over and over and over, he's saying uh, in chapter two, don't don't judge because you're going to be judged in the same way you judge. In chapter three, uh, watch your tongue, watch your mouth. Don't be a critic, be a coach. And now again here, uh, don't speak against one another. Clearly there was something going on in the church there where people were speaking against one another. There were They were hurting one another with what they said and what they thought and the way they acted. Aren't you glad that no church ever since then ever does that? You're like, yeah, um, we're part of one. We do that, don't we, sometimes? By God's grace, less than we have in the past, but we're still susceptible to it. And it can't be. It cannot be. See, James says, when you speak against one another, when you speak against your brother, you speak against the law. You speak against God's word. You speak contrary to what God's word says. You're speaking against it. You you say you love Jesus. You say you love his church. You say you love his people. You say you're for moving forward in mission and ministry together, but yet you speak evil against someone. I don't like that about them. Or did you know what they said? Did you know what they did? That's wickedness. And it's divisive. And James says, stop. You're you're being a counterfeit in those moments. You're speaking against the law. You're speaking against God's word. In fact, look what he says. He says, you actually judge the law. What does it mean that you judge the law? Well, you you ever hear of a rule... Growing up, I mean, this is especially the case. I went to a Bible college, right? And uh, I went to Moody Bible Institute downtown Chicago. And uh, when you get to Moody, there's all kinds of people from lots of different backgrounds. There were some people on my floor who had become Christians, like within the last year, brand new believers. There were other people who grew up on the mission field. There were some people from uh, really, really traditional mainline churches. There were other people from really traditional or uh, really untraditional uh, churches, all different backgrounds and all different things. And so when you got to Moody, they, they d- generally have and I think still have, but had a bunch of rules in the sense where if that's a gray area, we want to preserve unity and just say, let's nobody do that while you're here so we don't inadvertently offend someone and speak evil against someone. But you know what? Man, I hated some of those rules. You're like, Josh, you're you're doing just what the message said not to do. You're judging, right? But that's what I did. I mean, we we had to wear khakis and a collared shirt. I think you can wear jeans at Moody now. Can't say your daughter is there, right? Yeah, you can. You can. uh, You can. Dress code's a lot different than it was. Um, But man, I hated some of those rules. Curfew. But that was for our protection. We were in downtown Chicago, and we were young kids who didn't know anything. We thought we did, but we didn't. Word to the wise. Um, But you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I spoke against those rules, and I and. And I judged them and I said, that's so stupid. Why did they think that? Why why did they put that? That's just a, a pain in my life, right? Oh, I hate that. Well, see, I was I was setting myself up in a position of authority that I didn't have. And in speaking against it, and in speaking even against those who had established those rules, I was I was judging the law at Moody. The SLG, the student life guide. <laughs> That's, James says, listen, when we speak against one another, that's what we're doing with this book. We're saying, um, yeah, I, I know it says I should love them, but, but did, you, did you hear about them? Look, I, I got something. It. It's pretty juicy. And James comes back, hey, it says in here, don't do it. Don't speak evil, because when you speak against it, you're actually judging this book. And, and that leads us to our second point this morning, that when I speak against God's word, you know what I'm really speaking against? Or I should say who I'm really speaking against. I'm speaking against God. Because it's his word. It, it, he's the one who has established these things for us. And, and yes, there are rules in this book, but they're there for my benefit. They're there so that I live a life that is the best, that is uh, most profitable, most fruitful. He gives this to me for my good. And so when I say, I don't like that, I say, I don't like you, and you really don't know what's good and what's best for me. And so when I speak against someone else, then I'm also speaking against God's word, and ultimately I'm speaking against God himself. See, James says, if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but you're a judge. And when I'm a judge, I'm speaking against God. In fact, what we're going to see is you're putting yourself in the place of God. Moving quickly through even to our next next point. When I judge God, I put myself in the place of God. See, look at verse 12. Look what it says. There's only one lawgiver and judge. How many? Help me out. I can't count. How many? One. One lawgiver, one judge. Um, that's easy, easy to count, isn't it? Um. Who is it? Well, look what James says. It says, it's he who is able to save and to destroy. Well, let me think. Who is it that's able to save? We sing about him all the time. Sunday school answer. If you don't know, you always answer who? Jesus. And 90% of the time, you're right. You know, right? like every little kid, Jesus. Yeah, he, he's the one who's able to save. But did you know he's also the one who's able to destroy? That if you read through, you get to the end of the book, you get to revelation, Jesus actually stands in judgment over those who've rebelled against him. He approves of those who are being he, he approves of the torment people are enduring in hell because of their sin. Why? Because it was speaking against him. it was rebellion against what was right and what was good and against his word and so when when I speak against someone. When I judge them, James says, uh, you're not just judging them, you're judging God's word. And when you judge God's word, you're judging God himself. And really what's happening is you're putting yourself in the place of God. You're putting yourself in the place of God. That's what you're doing when you're judging. Uh, Do you remember last week we talked about humility? And in, in speaking about humility... We said that humility is what? It means, and you're going to see it again next Sunday, too, as Pastor Kirk brings the word. Uh, to, to humility is to know your place. That's what humility is. Uh, humility is tricky because sometimes when I think I'm humble, then all of a sudden I'm not, right? I, I think I'm, I'm lowly and I'm meek, but then I'm, I'm not. And that humility is simply knowing my place. It's knowing where I fit. And and ultimately, we talked about this that God created you and I as human beings, bearers of God's image, in a place of humble honor. Humble because we're not God, we're below Him, but honored because we're above everything else in creation. Did you know that? Humanity is the crown jewel of God's created order. Um, Should we care about animals? Should we care about creation? Yes, but guess what we should care about more? Those who bear God's image. Because they're humbly honored. Um, In fact, when God created everything, he said everything each day after he created it was good. But do you know what he said after he made Adam and Eve? He said it is very good. Because he made them in his image. Your, Your value and your worth and your dignity is because somehow you represent, you image God. He stamped his image on you. And you are honored above everything else in creation. But just because you're like him, don't buy into the lie that you are him. See when I when I when I speak against my brother, I speak against God's word. I speak against God, and I take His place, and I move from humility to pride. And what pride does? Pride says, uh, "Actually, you're the one in control. You're in, you're in control of your life. You're the bee's knees. You should be able to do whatever you want." And you put yourself up at the top, and you make everything else and everyone else subservient to you. Now you may not say it, but the reality is that's how you're living. And the Christian life is one of continual repentance where uh, we are always in this state of pride of putting ourselves in a place that isn't ours. And we need to repent and humble ourselves to know our place. And this is, this is all over in our culture and in our lives, right? It's, it's in terms of our place before God. It's in terms of our place before authorities in our life at work. In terms of, of students of, of authority in your life with your parents, you're to honor them and love them and respect them, even, by the way, when you move out of the house. Adults, do you still have parents living? You're to honor and respect them. You notice that, that God didn't put an age limit on that? Honor them. Honor your dad today. Um, see, pride is when it's all about me, but humility looks like this. It's God, then me, then the rest of creation. And really, you might even say God than others than me and the rest of creation. Uh, what happens when I take God's place is um, I become the judge. You ever go to court? You ever been to court? If not, have you watched it on TV? You've never been there, but you've seen it on TV. And there's somebody in the courtroom who's got all kinds of authority. Who is he? What's his name? Judge Wapner, right? That's his name. And he's got all kinds of authority. And where does he sit? He sits in a really high place. In fact, he sits in the highest place, whoever the judge is, any courtroom I've ever seen a photo of or an image or a video of, the judge is always seated higher than everyone else in the room. Have you noticed that? Why is that? Because they have the most authority. And see, when I judge someone else and I judge God's word and I judge God and I'm taking his place. I I come into the courtroom and uh, what I do is when I speak against someone, I I march myself up to the highest place. I have a seat and I say, uh, court's in session. And here's the way it is. But that's so wrong. Because guess what? When Jesus shows up, Again, and he still is ruling and reigning now. But one day he's coming again, and he's going to walk in the courtroom and be like, uh, "Dude, what are you doing in my chair? Get down! Um, I'm the judge. I'm the jury. In fact, there's there's one lawgiver and one judge. His name is Jesus. He's the one who has authority to judge. We, we shouldn't speak against someone. And now this begs the question, though. We'll, should a Christian ever judge? What about the fact that I have to show right judgment? I have to show discernment, really, to live the Christian life. What about the fact that someone, um, they really have sinned. You're saying, I can't, uh, I can't confront that sin in their life. I'm not saying that at all. Neither is James. James is saying, don't speak evil against them. He doesn't say, don't go to them to confront their sin. Don't lovingly confront them. But, but listen, when you do, how you do it matters everything. Because if you do it in the wrong way, you're doing exactly what James tells you not to do here. And you're becoming a judge. You're taking the place of a judge. And, and, you know, I want to look at this because you got your Bible. Why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, chapter 7. This is the verse, verse 1 of chapter 7, that so many people will throw at you in our culture and maybe even uh, in our church if you decide that you're going to uh, make a judgment about something. Jesus says this, judge not, and then they stop reading. That's what Jesus said. Do you know that? Jesus said, judge not. I just read it to you. You need to quit judging. Here's the problem. That's not the entirety of what Jesus said. If you continue reading in chapter 7, you see that Jesus doesn't say just judge not. He says, uh, judge not so that you will not be judged. James actually had quoted this in James chapter 2 verse 13. Jesus goes on, he says, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, in other words, the measure of mercy, it will be measured to you or the measure of judgment. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your own eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Don't give to dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls after pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Uh, See, Jesus doesn't tell us not to judge. He says, don't judge wrongly. Don't judge inappropriately because there is a time to confront your brother. There is a time uh, to speak the truth to them in love, but you better be careful how you do it. And so uh, what I want to look at for the rest of our time together is I I don't want you to leave here thinking, okay, I can never judge. I can never say anything. I can never confront anything. And I just got to sit here and mind my own business and twiddle my thumbs. Um, No, we want want to look at what does God's word say about judging appropriately and making wise judgments. Remember, that's what James is all about, using wisdom from above, not wisdom from below. Wisdom from below would simply speak against everyone and everything. Wisdom from above uh, has a a much different flavor to it. Let's, Let's look at some of these. I've got six that I'd like to share with you this morning. Six keys to judging appropriately. And here's the key, not being judgmental. Because that's what James is speaking about. He's speaking about not not judging your brother or your sister or not um, confronting them. He's saying, don't be judgmental toward them. Don't speak against them. Because I can be very right in what I think, but very judgmental toward someone and very hurtful toward them. Does that make sense? Are you with me? All right, here's number one. Uh, the first is, is pretty clear. Jesus said, uh, remember that the standard we use to judge others will be the standard that God uses to judge us. See, the standard that you use to judge other people is the standard that, that God will use toward you. It sounds like another thing Jesus says, kind of the golden rule, right? That, that we should we should treat one another the way we ourselves would like to be treated. Well, judge one another the way you yourself would like to be judged. Now, I don't know about you, but if if I've got a speck in my eye, I've got something that's keeping me from knowing Jesus better and growing to serve him and love him and care for him, I, I want to get rid of that from my life. But maybe I don't see it. And maybe I do need someone. I, I hope someone would come and in a gracious, loving way help me to c- take care of that. Um but I hope they they do it in a way that uh, that I would like to be judged. With grace and with mercy, right? And I hope when I go to someone else, because I do want that. But when I go to someone else, i got to think, how would I want that to be done to me? Well, I'd want it to be done graciously and gently. So that uh, instead of getting angry, I repent and I turn to Jesus. And so that's how I want to approach others. See, remember that when you go to judge someone, when you go to confront someone, the way that you do it, that's going to be measured back out to you somehow, the Lord says. Now, how exactly that works, I don't know. But it's pretty clear here in Matthew chapter 7 that that's what Jesus says. It also shows up in, in James chapter 2, verse 13. James tells us in 2.13 um, not, not to judge but to show mercy, right? And that the, the amount of mercy you show to others will be shown to you. So there, there's the first thing. Uh, don't, don't be judgmental. Judge as you would like to be judged. Um, by the way, sometimes I think, in, in judging the way we would want to be judged, um, we try to to balance the scales, or we 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 think. Um, let's see if I can collect my thoughts. Thanks. There's a good pause for me to get my thoughts together. We try to we try to balance the scales, right? And, and we go, um, boy, that's something I really struggle with. Um, and so. Uh, I don't want my kids to ever struggle with that as they grow older. So I'm going to make sure that that what's showing up in my life doesn't ever show up in theirs. So I'm going to go after that issue really harshly with them. Maybe, uh, Maybe it's anger. Maybe I know I really struggle with anger and I don't, I don't want my kids to struggle with anger because I know how, how horrible that's been in my life and how many people that's hurt. So whenever I see them being angry, I'm going to really go, go after it in their life and and show discipline and make sure that they don't become like me. But in doing that, what am I doing? I'm almost guaranteeing they're going to be just like me and trying to, I can't balance those scales. I just need to judge them in the same way I would like to be judged. Be careful about that. See, Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. In Romans 2, it says, for in passing judgment on another, you actually condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. This leads us to the second point, and that's this. Uh, Before you judge someone, deal with your own stuff first deal with your own stuff first. That seems to be what Jesus says, right? How is how in the world are you going to go and help somebody get the speck out of their eye? You know, they got a little speck in there and they're twitching, but you've got dude, you've got a log coming out of your eye. Like I don't know if you noticed it, but like something impaled your head. <laughs> how in the world are you why don't you take care of that? There's no way you can help them. Isn't that true? See, and that goes right down to this whole thing of balancing the scales. Like, um, you know, maybe I'm trying to prevent that in my kids, and I'm not realizing that's exactly what I do. And Paul says in Romans two one, I'm actually in condemning that without dealing it with it in my heart first. I'm actually heaping coals on myself. I'm piling up. I'm piling up more rocks to be used against me. Deal with your own stuff first. Uh, Jesus didn't tell us just to ignore the specks in others' eyes, so don't think that. He didn't tell us not to judge, not to care for them, and not to confront them. But he said, take the log out first. Then you can see clearly enough to help someone else. You know, this means that uh, when I'm losing the battle over a particular sin in my own life, it's probably best for me to keep my mouth shut before I go condemning it in someone else. If I'm really struggling with pride, it's probably pretty foolish for me to talk about how prideful someone else is, isn't it? And all of us were going, oh, I I do that, including the guy on stage. But isn't it foolish of us? We need to deal with our own stuff first. This doesn't mean, though, that we have to be perfect. Uh, If that was the case, even the Apostle Paul would have had to be quiet. But he was bold exposing sin and error, and we can be too. But but not if a particular sin has you by the throat. Deal with that first. Get yourself healthy. And then go to someone else. And invite them into your life to help you with those things. That's why getting involved in a 110 group is so important. And, and having those relationships that are trustworthy. Number three... Jesus says this and God's word says it clearly. Uh, Don't judge if God hasn't spoken clearly. This is a big one. This is where we get into all kinds of trouble. Don't make a judgment about someone or something if God hasn't spoken clearly about it. Well, what do I mean by that? Um, Well, as we've already seen, it's a myth that God doesn't want us to judge. Um, But... It doesn't take long to see after you become a Christian that many of the harshest judgments people make are usually in the areas in which the Bible is the least clear. Can I say that again? Oftentimes the place where we make the harshest judgments of people is in areas where the Bible is the least clear. Uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of examples we could give in this, isn't there? I mean, just within the church, a big one, oftentimes generation generationally, can be music. Um, I don't. Well, that's not godly. Well, the, I don't. I don't know. Is it? Isn't it? The Bible's not clear on the Bible. In fact, actually, is clear about that. All music can be used to God's glory. All things are. It can be used that way musically. So. Uh, the Bible gives freedom in those things. God didn't make a mistake by leaving something out. Maybe Let me give a, a better example. Um, how about uh, how you're going to... Um, Ann and I uh, have, have Charlie. He's 18 months old, and it's not going to be long before it's going to be time for him to go to school. And we're going to have to make some decisions. Um, we could make a handful of decisions. We could send him uh, to public school, which honestly, that's probably the way That's where we're at right now. That's probably the way we'll go we could uh, We could send them to private school uh, we could homeschool and there's uh, we could come up i I'm, I could spend the rest of the morning. I could give you uh, biblical reasons why to do each of those three things i could and if you and there 's people in our church that do each of those three things and that's that 's great, but guess what the bible doesn 't have there there isn 't like Uh, James chapter six, where James says, send your kids to private school or homeschool your kids until they're this age. And then, no, it doesn't say that. If you choose to do that, fantastic. There's great reasons to do that. If you choose to send them to public school, fantastic. There's great reasons to do that. But the Bible doesn't make a clear statement one way or the other. So don't make judgments about things of which God has not clearly spoken. Don't judge someone else by your own standard." When it's not necessarily a clear thing in God's Word. Does that make sense? That's where so many of us get into trouble. Because we take our preferences and we elevate it to the level of God and what, uh, of, 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 of God's Word. And James is saying when we do that, when we speak against someone because they don't agree with the way I would per- pursue this issue in my life, really what's happening, I'm not just speaking against them. I'm speaking against God's Word because God's Word doesn't even address it. And then I'm speaking against God and I'm actually putting myself in His place and I've taken the seat on the judgment stool in the courtroom and, and I'm pronouncing judgment. And James says, "But who are you to judge your neighbor? Don't we all do that? Just be very careful. That's the third one. Be careful. Don't judge something if God hasn't clearly spoken about it. If God hasn't clearly spoken about it. God, if, if something isn't in the Bible, God didn't leave it out by mistake. He's not like, oh man, I got to print a printer revision. Mess that one up. Oh, the editor missed that one. Oh, I can't stand that guy." He didn't make a mistake. He gives us freedom. Bear with one another. Uh, here's a fourth one. This is another big one. This is the one in which in the world, Christians get in a lot of trouble and really uh, ruin their witness for the gospel. Don't judge non-Christians by Christian standards. Another way to say it, I hear Marilyn say this all the time, don't clean your fish before you catch them. Any of you fishermen, can you do that? Can you clean it before you catch them? Only if you catch them at Walmart in the frozen section, right? I mean, that's it. You can't clean them before you catch them. Don't judge the world. uh, Don't judge non-Christians by Christian standards. They're like, well, I don't do that, really? You you know where we do this, maybe worse than anywhere else, is in politics. And we say, if we just passed that law, everything would be better. If we just passed that law, everything would be better. And would it be better? Yeah, it it would be. But um, you know, it would be better than passing a law. It would be changing people's hearts. <laughs> Maybe let's quit uh, speaking against all these things and start speaking to people about Jesus and evangelizing. And as people's hearts change, our culture changes. Yes, all those things would be really good if that got passed. That would be fantastic. I'm not listen. I'm not disagreeing, but I'm saying that's that's we're not treating the core issue we got to reach people with the gospel. Don't judge non-Christians by Christian standards. We're sent to love people and then invite them to follow Jesus with us. And if we're judging them as if they're already following Jesus, guess what they're never going to do? Follow Jesus. Don't judge, Christians by non, don't judge non-Christians by Christian standards. Uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 9-13 through 13, uh, really kind of addresses that issue with the Corinthian church. And and then verse 5, let's come back to when we're talking about judging our brothers and sisters or confronting them. Remember that the purpose is always to restore other Christians. It should always be restorative. It should always be restorative. In fact, uh, you get your Bible again. Turn ahead to Galatians chapter 6. If you don't know how to get there... um, Romans, you get through Corinthians, then go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I learned that in junior high, I never forgot it. Go eat popcorn. That's how you remember those five in a row. So I'm at popcorn, I gotta turn back here to go. Galatians chapter six, verses one and two. Look at what what Paul writes. He says, brothers, uh, if anyone is caught in any transgression... You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Uh, Paul says when, when you see someone sinning and they're, they're, they've either been caught in that sin or they're caught up in that sin, uh, your goal should be to restore them with a spirit of gentleness. Uh, should you confront it? Yes. But how should you confront it? With gentleness. And by the way, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Well, I think Paul has two things in mind here. You can either be tempted to sin in the same way yourself, or worse, you can be tempted uh, with spiritual pride. You can be tempted with spiritual pride, and I'm going to confront this issue in your life. And, and behind, I'm thinking, thank goodness, that's not something I struggle with. Well, now, nah, yeah, you've just even if it's only in your spirit, you've spoken against your brother. And you've set yourself up in the position of God and you've, you've succumbed to spiritual pride, exactly what James tells us not to do in chapter 4. When you confront someone, uh, Paul says, do it with gentleness so that you can restore them and keep a watch on yourself that you be tempted, lest you too be tempted. Verse 2, so bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then finally, one last thing, number six, When uh, you, if you want to judge appropriately uh, and not be judgmental, re- remember the standard that's used by you will be used to judge you. That deal with your own stuff first. Don't judge if God hasn't spoken clearly. Don't judge non-Christians by Christian standards. Always look to restore your brother or sister. And then number six, throughout all of it, remember Jesus' grace to you. And then, after you've remembered Jesus' grace to you, remember to show that same grace to one another. And then, remember to review points one and two of this point. (laughs) That God has shown incredible grace to you, so you should show that also to others. Loved ones, let's not be a people who speak against one another. That's easy to do. Dad's... um, it's Father's Day. I want to encourage you, build you up today. But I would encourage you also, be sure, and, and moms too, uh, how, are, how are you speaking to your kids? Are you building them up? Don't speak against them. Speak into their hearts. Speak into their lives. Build them up. Amen? Let me, let me pray. Then we're going to sing and take communion. And we're going to sing and call it a morning. And, um, but first, let me pray. Father, thanks for Jesus and for your grace to us through him. Um. Lord, uh, the book of James has been um, good for us, but it's been hard. Uh, it's been hard to teach in the sense that that every week I open it up and I, I see a log in the mirror in my own eye. And um, Lord, there's things I need to deal with, and uh, that uh, you're working in my heart, and and I believe in each of our hearts, in each of our lives. Lord, help us not to be a group of people who speak against one another, but instead who bear with one another and build one another up. And, and all the more, as your word says, as we see the day, Jesus, of your return approaching. Uh, Jesus, help us when we, when we do make judgments and, and try to be discerning to do so rightly, not to be judgmental, but to be sober-minded, to, to seek wisdom from above and to do it with humility, knowing our place that ultimately you're the judge. Lord, I pray for those today uh, who have never trusted you, who have never uh, given their lives, Jesus, to you, repented of their sin and turned to you. Might today be the day they do that and come under your grace. And uh, Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus and pray all of this through him. Amen.